This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Julia Kaplan, VP of Product at ThreadUp. I really believe that everybody in product management needs to listen to customers. That's nothing new, right? You, you talk to your customers and you always try to improve. And this is what we're doing. Like every, every new feature that we are launching, we try to bring customers on site. We, we do a lot of remote testing. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. In this episode with Julia, we learn about the key outcomes when ThreadUp transitioned to mobile responsive and invested in mobile apps. Julia also shares why and how ThreadUp uses qualitative and quantitative data from user research and what KPIs they look at to drive their two-week sprint iterations. Julia Kaplan brings more than 20 years of leadership experience in product development, delivery, and innovation. She's responsible for driving ThreadUp product and user experience as the VP of product for ThreadUp. Julia started her career as a software engineer in financial services, then moved on to work in technology for companies in healthcare, e-commerce, advertising, and media. Prior to joining ThreadUp, Julia held product leadership roles at Walmart Labs, Cosmics, and Yahoo. Julia earned an undergraduate degree in computer sciences from the University of California, Berkeley, and an MBA from INSEAD in Fontainebleau, France. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really am looking forward to having you here. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm excited to start the conversation around your focuses for ThreadUp and, and really what you do day in and day out. So at ThreadUp, I, I lead product management and uh, user experience groups. Uh, we are a very, very small team and we, we're very nimble. We're a true startup. Although we're not um, as early stages, um, you know, some other startups our size, but we're we're definitely very fast moving and very dynamic. So as part of our uh, kind of product uh, culture, what we started doing and what we've established probably a year ago is very strong discipline around user research and um, user testing. I really believe that everybody in product management needs to listen to customers. That's nothing new, right? You, you talk to your customers and you always try to improve. And this is what we're doing. Like every, every new feature that we are launching, especially if it's anything um, new or newer for us, we try to bring customers on site. We, we do a lot of remote testing and then we translate that into requirements. We iterate a lot. How frequently? It's kind of hard to say uh, how frequently on the new features before it goes into development, it can go through 10, 15 cycles of iterations and uh, testing and retesting. Uh, we're working on a um, new set of features right now, which um, will help a lot with keeping our, our most loyal customers engaged. And we've probably. We're probably on version five of it right now, like as an overall overall feature set. But every single thing was was changed many more times. And then we, are you referring to the website or the mobile app, or kind of like the whole digital ecosystem? So the whole digital ecosystem. So that this particular 
um, this particular set of features, we're calling it My Thread Up, and it's all about personalization. We're going to be launching it across all platforms, mobile and um, uh, web and mobile web, and, and both native mobile apps. Last year for us was all about infrastructure, and we relaunched to both mobile apps. We replatformed our website. We made it responsive and mobile web friendly. This is where our kind of mobile first thinking comes into play. We're, we're trying to design and, and think everything with mobile web first and then mobile apps. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say second, but the reason mobile web first is because most of our customers, new customers, are being acquired on mobile web. And then as they become loyal customers, they tend to install apps. So we're trying to always think about what is that new customer experience and what is that repeat customer experience. And knowing that mobile apps are being used to co- by customers that are with us and our, on our app every day and all, almost always in their down, downtime, how can we make it a lot more faster and more convenient for her and get her to use it and kind of pull it up at any time that she has a downtime and she needs some sort of entertainment, right? Not, not necessarily um, she wants to buy something. Right. Kind of last year, we did all of that. And this year, we're really focused on um, this amazing customer experience. We're relaunching information architecture of our uh, site and, and both mobile apps, really focused on product findability. For if you uh, are a user, I'm not sure, Jordan, if you use ThreadUp because we only sell women's and children's clothing. <laughs> but I did go through your apps and you have over 20,000 reviews, which is impressive. So I've done my background. Okay, thank you. And, and it, if you browsed a little bit, at least you, you probably have noticed that a customer could be exposed to hundreds of thousands of items on the site. And every uh, item is unique because we're we are uh, we're selling secondhand clothes, right? So we don't get many um, skews of the same item, or many uh, like different sizes or colors of the same item. It's it's everything is unique. So the big challenge is how do I put in front of you uh, items that are relevant to you, and not just in your size, but uh, something that is in your taste and in your style. So this is one of the biggest challenges that we're working on right now. People will start seeing features and improvements to the experience and um, seeing more relevant product. Uh, It's all coming in the next uh, few months. It's uh, super exciting. Yeah, that is really exciting. And you mentioned, you know, you have this process where you go through these iterations to really tap into those user insights that are driving these innovations that are taking place for you. You know, that's something that I've, it's, it's kind of a theme in the companies that are going mobile first. You know, they, they have these, uh, really these focus group sort of scenarios to where they're tapping into their user base, seeing, you know, how users want to interact with the brand. And so I would like to dig into there a little bit, you know, with these iterations, uh, these 10 to 15 uh, cycles that you go through, what, what period of time is that? Is that like a, like a two month or like a six month period of time? And then in those, can you maybe walk us through what that, scenario is like like do you invite 10 people in and then you show them designs and walk them through or can you can maybe describe like the best way you're pulling these user insights out so i'll give you an example of uh this set of features that we're working on right now we probably started working on it about a month ago we are pretty close to uh finalizing designs and and product requirements and some of the pieces engineers already started working on and putting together Gotcha. It's a very agile methodology, it sounds like. Very agile. So we work in two-week two sprints. 
Uh, Some of the projects are, as you can imagine, multi-sprint projects and uh, because there are bigger features. So here's like a very concrete example. We, We were under impression, and just by talking casually to some of our customers, that women and our customers specifically would like a way to create an outfit and save it. And then we created um, we created product recommendations for uh, to cross cross sell you products that would make an outfit with something that you have purchased from us previously. So we mocked it up and uh, it was mocked for web and mobile web only before we decided to go into kind of apps. And um, we showed it to a couple of users. We brought them into the office. I think we had maybe three or five. And they all got very excited about it. They said, oh, my God, this is this is great. Like I got what, what I purchased previously and you recommended me things that would go perfectly with that. I love that. So from that, we decided, OK, so if they're excited about this really, really simple thing, why don't we go further? And then actually uh, for mobile apps, native apps, we're going to give them um, a quote unquote kind of entertainment piece or, or a feature that's entertaining where they can put outfits together, they can save them, they can share them with friends. So we thought it was going to become like a big success. So we mocked it up, uh, we created prototypes, which are uh, functional prototypes to customers that looks pretty much like they were would be using the, it in real life. We invited, I believe, eight people showed up. We invited 13, usually a lot of people, some people do not show up. So eight people showed up and they all played with it. And the response was, so what happens when I save it? Does it save it in my car? Do I buy it? But how do I, right? Or like, why would I, why would I save it if somebody buys it uh, afterwards? And so and we we're like, oh my God, we got so into the weeds that we completely lost perspective of what the customer really wanted. So we kind of went back to the drawing board and, and said, okay, so let's let's re- reimagine that. So that feature is still in the process of being uh, finalized. So I don't know how it's going to end up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you in suspense. Yeah. So you have these two-week sprints and then within each of these two weeks, you have people come in and, and sit down and actually try these. And I'm assuming they're just like, you know, really basic clickable prototypes, like, you know, something like, Axure or something where it's just like designs connected? Yes, absolutely. So um, just to clarify, the two-week sprints are engineering sprints. Gotcha. So it's not the full inclusive of like design, ideation, development, all of that included? No, not really. Uh, so engineers work in sprints. We uh, work a couple of sprints ahead of them. But uh, as a product team, we do not follow a strict sprint schedule. We're basically just kind of keep iterating all the time. How many people are in that team of creating these concepts repeatedly? As I said, my team is very small. So I have one full-time user researcher. So her job is actually sitting down with customers. She creates scripts um, before every um, user research session. Usually scripts are developed in uh, collaboration with a product manager who is responsible for developing that product. And then scripts after the first one or two um, users that come in, scripts can be adjusted and then prototypes can be changed. If the first two people who come in and look at it, say, uh, have very similar response and the response is not what we wanted, we very quickly iterate, we change, uh, we change 
we change the prototype sometimes, we change the design sometimes. And the next two people, if their response is better, then we could iterate, iterate, iterate. Then by the time we have those eight or 10 or however many people we've scheduled, we, by the end of the process, hopefully we get to something that um, is close to the, the end result. And then, of course, because we are in San Francisco, California, we cannot rely on people who come into the office because people who come into the office, they are techie Californians and techie San Franciscans. <laughs> they're like, they're people. So, um, so the interesting, uh, interesting thing for us was um, two weeks ago, we did a um, series of, of user testing. And one woman came in who worked for Google. She got it all. She's like, oh, this is perfect. It's very easy to use. I, I understand it. And then the next woman right after her was a home care nurse who does not use computer on an everyday basis, who, who has a smartphone, but you know she's not a heavy user, and she did not get it. Right. So we needed to change it. And then, uh, and then the third person who came was kind of in between. So we, we really, we really need to be careful not to rely on people in San Francisco to use, use our product. That's why we, we also uh, do a lot of remote testing. So we use tools like um, usertesting.com and usability hub and uh, to get perspective from, from, from other areas. Yeah. I definitely want to pull out some of these nuggets because uh, I think that some of these things that you just mentioned are correlating to your success mobile first. And, you know, you expedite that build, measure, learn loop, which is really exciting to hear. And then you're looping in a bunch of different users to determine, you know, what is that rule, but then what are the exceptions? So that's really cool that you're mindful of that. And it sounds like a really key piece to this equation is that you have a dedicated resource to this user research. And that's something that they're just constantly churning out information, valuable, invaluable information uh, to, your, to your user base. And then that's just leading going into that build, measure, learn as far as uh, these concepts that are constantly being created and pitched and going then through the, the agile two-week sprint cycle and getting stuff out there. So I think that just that engine that you've built there has allowed you guys to move really quickly through this and stay at the forefront of, of what's happening and stay mobile first there. And I was just, one of the questions I wanted to ask uh, a little bit further back was when you made this transition to mobile responsive and started to invest in these mobile apps, what did you see take place as far as the transition of the business over this last year? What were the, the key things that happened that you either expected or didn't expect to happen? So before we transitioned to mobile uh, responsive uh, site, we had a separate mobile web. And what happened, it basically was treated like a, you know, secondhand citizen almost. We would develop something on the web and then somebody would say, oh, what about mobile web? You know, and, and someone would have to go and then rework. And basically it was uh, two, two different code sets and then you needed to develop the same thing twice. It's no secret that mobile conversion rate is much or mobile web conversion rate is much lower across the industry um, than the, the web conversion rate. But um, at the same time, uh, over 60% of our new customers are on, on mobile web. So what happened was um, when we went mobile responsive, our conversion on mobile went, web went up, which meant that our marketing team could reallocate their acquisition dollars to mobile. And uh, leads are much cheaper on mobile. So for the same money, they could drive more traffic 
to our properties, right? And then, of course, outside, um, you might have noticed, is gated. A customer has to give us email address in order to browse. So that gives us a really good uh, way to retarget customers. And now with things that we are putting in for personalization, we'll be able to retarget you based on what you looked at, how you how you browsed, how your session went, we will know whether you were a seller or a buyer. So it's uh, it's definitely definitely a way um, way better for, for for the business overall. Now it's it's also worth uh, mentioning that I I talked about qualitative user research and qualitative analytics, but we're as a company ThreadUp is probably the most data driven company I've ever worked at. Yeah, we look at data every day all day. And a lot of times, um, this qualitative and quantitative go hand in hand, right? If we see something in the data that tells us that something could be wrong here, then we go back to qualitative and user research to find out why and is it a real problem. So I'm assuming you have a custom data aggregator uh, specific to tailored to your company. What are those KPIs that you're looking at to inform the qualitative? What's the quantitative that's informing the qualitative? So we're looking at the um, at the customer funnel and cu- how customer proceed from a visit to a purchase, and we're looking at things like, let's say, all of these people came in. Like, what percent of them signed up? Uh, what percent of of those who signed up went to certain pages in the funnel, and then how did they proceed to the purchase? So, how many products have you have they looked at? How many products have they added to cart? And then when they did purchase, when did they purchase? Did they purchase in the same session or, or they came back and purchased later? How many items they purchased on average? Was What was their average uh, order value? And then, of course, if we see a drop or increase in, in any of those metrics, then we will look at it again. When we launch um, anything, we try to predict what metrics and how that metric is going to be um, affected. So for example, a couple of months ago, we have um, included a module on our product detail pages called You May Also Like. That uh, module, we absolutely did not know how that module would uh, affect our add-to-cart rates. Because on one hand, when a customer is on the product detail page, all I want her to do at that moment is add it to cart. But uh, uh, also, if um, if that product for some reason does not meet her requirements, we want to give her alternatives without her hitting back button or doing search again, right? So we knew that it might affect at the cart rates, but we didn't know how. And the surprise, um, the happy surprise, was that our number of at the cart events for those people who added to cart went up thirty percent. So that was actually a very interesting um, insight. We did it on web and mobile web first. Now we, uh, we are doing that in, in mobile apps for our repeat customers. Very cool. Thank you. And Julia, thanks so much uh, for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Join us next week for a conversation with Ariel Avila where we dig into another perspective at Trunk Club, looking much deeper into the operations and expansion that has allowed Trunk Club to scale into what it is today. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly 
or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.